Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I hope you're doing well today. This is episode 173, and today we're going to talk about preaching. Let's pray. Lord, we need grace as always, we thank you that we have it. We thank you that you're always just willing to get it, give it. You're faithful, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for that. We ask for direction today. I pray this would be helpful and equipping for the pastors that are listening in. For those that aren't pastors, as they're hearing the process of preaching, God, I pray that you would help them to understand, <clears throat> understand a little bit about what we do and as as proclaimers of your word. And uh, God, I pray this would be helpful for those who are listening and uh, also for pastors as they're preparing to preach every single week. I mean, every week it's it's prayer, it's study, it's preparation, it's preaching, and then it's on repeat every single week. And so God, help us to be faithful in that. Help us to not rip off anybody else. Help us to be faithful to do the work that you've called us to do of prayer and ministry of the word. And uh, and God, prayer and ministry of the word. And we trust that you're going to help us to do that. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I have had the great privilege over the last few years to preach at Christ Church Carbondale, which is a church that we are members of. We are members of our local church, and it's been a great joy just to be a part of our church and also to have shepherding care of our other pastors, our co-pastors that are pastoring along with us. I do the bulk of, of the preaching at our church, and so I want to walk you through the process for me of what that looks like from week to week and actually tell you what it looks like when I'm approaching a new book of the Bible, because what we do at our church is just preach through books of the Bible. And you'll just see here in a minute the books that we've preached through. We go from Old Testament to New Testament, and we do that just back back and forth. And we do a few series in between of things that we may need to talk about. But primarily what we're doing is just preaching right through books of the Bible. And, uh, and so I'm going to give you the process of, of what that looks like when we get to a new series, and then I'm going to give you the process of what it looks like weekly. And pastors, I know you're a majority of my listeners and uh, viewers, so you, you know the routine. You have your own routines that are going to work better for you and best for you. And if anything, this kind of gets you to, hopefully this kind of gets you to reevaluate or relook at how you prepare and study. And and uh, and then maybe you can learn a few things along the way. And I'm sure that I would learn a few things along the way from you if you were doing the same video. And uh, for everybody else, like I said, listening in, then uh, you get some insight into what this looks like from week to week. Because you get to come to church on a Sunday morning and then you get to hear the preaching and you know, you know, you kind of wonder, okay, how do, how does this come together? And uh, and so I'm going to walk you through that process. Okay, the books that we've preached through so far at our church, Christ Church Carbondale, these are actually up to be able to listen to on our site. And then you have other preachers that have been preaching and other elders that rotate in to preach. But a bulk of those sermons are from me. We started our church in 2016. That's when we came together and assembled. And it was in uh, January, I think, 23rd, 2016, that we had our first gathering. And so from that point until today, which is February the 8th of 2022, we have worked through Ephesians, Genesis, John, Esther, Romans, Ecclesiastes, Jude, Nehemiah, Philippians, Galatians, Hosea. We just wrapped up Hosea Sunday. And now we're going into 1 Peter. So we've worked through quite a few books of the Bible. And it's really neat because you can see over the long haul the, the reality that we really will, we're going to eventually get through the whole Bible. And that's the goal is to eventually get through the whole Bible. So we've been going back and forth, Old Testament to New Testament. And it's been a wonderful thing for me personally because as you're preaching through a book, you know, you start the book thinking you know the ins and outs of the book or at least where you're going to go with the sermon. 
series, and then you, you start working through it, and you realize, man, there's layers here to this that I hadn't seen before, and you learn so much as you're preparing and as you're preaching. And so we're right, right now transitioning from the Old Testament from a prophetic book into a epistle that the Apostle Peter wrote, and it's two different kinds of books. I mean, these are two different purposes for them being written, and yet both equally the Word of God. They're both equally inspired by God. And so we're making a transition from that Old Testament book to the New Testament, and I'm looking forward to it. So here's what I do when I'm about to preach a new sermon series, a new book of the Bible. What I do is I go on Ligonier.com, and I go to Challies.com, and I look at their best commentary sets. Uh, they, not sets, best commentaries, lists. And what they do is they both list out the top five commentaries on every single book of the Bible. And this is good for non-pastors as well because there's nothing worse than buying, spending your own money, or you know, buying a commentary and only to realize that this is a terrible commentary. And there are crummy commentaries out there. I mean, not just crummy, there are crappy commentaries out there. And there's a lot of them. And so you want to make sure that if you're going to be spending money, and I'm fortunate to have a book budget, if I'm going to be spending money out of the book budget, I don't want to be buying junky commentaries. Now, I have commentary sets that I, I use, but here's the hot tip on commentary sets. There are some commentary writers that have complete sets that are better on one genre of Scripture than they are in another genre of Scripture. So they may have a really good commentary on the book of Romans, but a really terrible commentary, you know, in the Old Testament, you know, uh, prophetic literature or something like that, or not necessarily terrible, but less than quality, the quality of their commentary on the book of Romans. So what you want to do is have a good set of commentaries that's really good. You know, if, if you don't have any set of commentaries at all, get Matthew Henry's commentaries. That's a really accessible, really good, really helpful commentary set, and you can get that in an all in one volume. You can put that on your shelf, have that for your family, and have a really good and trustworthy commentary that's a complete commentary of the whole Bible. And you can get that for like 20, 25 bucks, 30 bucks on online used. But if you're going to be preaching through books of the Bible, what you want to get is you want to have your complete sets. I have my Calvin commentaries that are right here. Um, and then I've got, so I've got that. I've got sermon series over the whole book of the Bible. I've got several study tools and helps. But I go to challies.com and ligonier.com, like I said, and I look up their top five list. And then, you you know, usually, so you got a Baptist, you got a Presbyterian. And what usually will happen is, you know, that this top five list is almost the same with the exception of, you know, on one list, uh, number two is number three and the other list, number three is number two or something like that. And so for the book of First Peter, the recommended commentaries were on here and these were both high on the list. So this is Tom Schreiner on First, Second Peter, Jude, and this is Edmund Clowney, not Edmund Clowney, yeah, Edmund Clowney on First Peter. And so he's the guy that wrote... Uh, the book, I think, The Church or something like that on uh, ecclesiology. And so this is First Peter uh, commentary and then, then Tom Schreiner. So these are going to be my go-to commentaries along with uh, Calvin. Calvin's going to be helpful as well as I'm working through. And that's the Baker edition. And I think you can get those Calvin commentaries for probably 150, 100, I don't know. They may be more now. I think when I got it, it was, you know, 15 years ago probably. I think that was the first commentary set that I got. My parents bought me that for Christmas at my request. And so I think that was maybe 150 bucks back then. And so, back then, it's not that long ago. But, you know, inflation, right? So it's probably 220 bucks now, or 200 um, So I, you get your commentaries, and then you have your commentary set. And then what you want to do, what, I, what, what you want to do is just get your grasp, read the introductions, get your grasp. You already know the book that you're about to preach. At least you, you know it at introductory level. But what you want to do is brush yourself up on the introductions of the book or the commentaries, and, and then you can kind of see the outline of where you're going in the book. And obviously, you want to read the whole book as well. So this week, um, 
and you know some people are really good some, some pastors are really good at planning really far ahead I'm not like that. I'm going to be studying and preparing for the for the week that I'm about to preach. I'm not going to be studying and preparing. And sometimes it works out where you know you're, you're, you're ahead. But where I'm primarily at is what I'm going to be preaching on Sunday morning. So that's the preparation leading up to the preaching of a new book. As you get your commentaries, read your outlines, read your uh, introductions, excuse me, uh, your introductions, and then get the outline or the structure of the whole book. And then you're ready to do the work of the, the weekly uh, glorious grind of preaching. Okay, uh, preparation. Now, every week, every single week, the preacher is going to be praying, prepping, like doing the work, studying the, studying the text, studying the languages the best that he can, putting together an outline or a manuscript, tweaking it, working with it, and then praying through it again, and then standing up on a Sunday morning and proclaiming God's word. Now, a preacher is a proclaimer of God's word. He is not a peddler of God's word. He doesn't use God's word to preach. So the goal of preaching is not to come up with a witty, some sort of tweetable sermon series title or some sort of packaged sermon series deal and then run to the scriptures and find verses that are going to complement the preaching series that's in the preacher's mind. That is not preaching at all. And if that's typical in the church that you're a part of, you want to push that a little bit because there's a massive difference between using the Bible to preach and preaching the Word. And pastor, you know this. You, you want to be, be faithful to preach the Word, not use the Word to preach. We are heralds of the words of God. We are not <clears throat> coming to get you know scaffolding from God's Word for our big grand idea that's, you know again, tweetable. That's not the goal of preaching. And so we are proclaimers of God's Word. Preach the Word. That's Paul's commission to Timothy, and that's Paul's charge to us as well. And every single preacher of the Word is to preach the Word. Okay? So, when I get into 1 Peter, typically, or a, a, a new week, on, on Monday, what I'm doing is I'm beginning to work through the passage already. So, yesterday I started working on 1 Peter, and I'm starting to work through and outline and jot down notes on what my sermon is going to be for the next Sunday. And then through the week, typically today, I'm going to be, be Tuesday, I get some time to prep as well. What I get to do is through the week, continue to work on this sermon based on my meeting schedule. So when I'm meeting with people, then I obviously can't be preparing. So I'm going to be meeting with people throughout the week. And any given week, I'm meeting with, you know, uh, four to nine people throughout the week. And it just depends on the week and, and depends on when I'm meeting with them. But I'm doing a lot of time spending, you know, spending time with people, meeting with people. That's what, that's what pastors do. We, we spend time with sheep. And through that, then, it, when I'm not meeting with people, I'm doing, doing this work and working through this. Now, I've got Logos Bible software that's going to be helpful for me. And so I'm able to work through the different translations. And I'm able to actually look at the Greek or the Hebrew. And I'm not, in any, by any stretch of the imagination, a guru when it comes to the la original languages. But I, I get some great help, which is awesome today. Most of the people that I know, most of the pastors that I know that had Greek and Hebrew in college at seminary, uh, leave seminary, and then they rely heavily on the tools that everybody else is relying heavily on, every other pastor that's you know, relying heavily on that doesn't have training in the original language. And so we're all kind of leaning into these, these helps. 
Most are, anyways. So I'm looking through my Logos Bible software. I'm writing any question marks. When I'm reading through the text that I'm about to preach, I'm writing out any question marks that I may have about a verse, not knowing the interpretation of it, being confused by it, wanting to look at this word in the Greek, and then I'm, I'm getting those answers throughout the week as I'm, I'm clearing off those check marks or I'm getting answers about how that needs to be understood and then how that needs to be preached. And then what I'll, I'm going to, to lead to is a culmination of all of this and compilation of all that's been worked on throughout the week. And typically on, on Thursday, I try to have the complete outline done. Like completely done on Thursday. Now, it doesn't happen every single week, but I try to have the outline completely done. Now, my outlines over the years have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, you'd think the longer you preach, the smaller your outline would become. But what I've wanted to do as I've gotten older and as I've been preaching more and more is I want to be more precise with my language and I want to be more precise with the, the faithfulness to the text. And so what I found is that my outlines went from originally just handwritten outlines to typed outlines, and the typed outlines originally, I had three to four hundred words in my outline. That's it, and now my outlines are typically anywhere from nine hundred to fifteen hundred words. Just depends on what I want to get specifically. If there's a, a real detailed verse where I need to get the interpretation exactly right, or I need to communicate the interpretation exactly right, there are times that I will type it out verbatim what I want to say, and then typically when I say it. I don't say it exactly verbatim, but pretty close to verbatim to how I have it in my notes. And so my outlines look pretty similar as they have from the beginning. They have just expanded. So I have expanded sermon notes. And how I do it in my outline is I'll write a verse and then like verse 1 to 3, and then I'll write all my comments in verse 1 to 3. And then uh, in my Bible, I've got a little line so I know where to read, and I'm going to make all those comments for that little section that I've marked off. And I'll make all my comments, and then I'll know when I get through my notes there, then I'm moving on to the next thing. And so that's how it works for me every single week. Now, you guys may be manuscriptors. You might be typing out every single word. Now, I'm not like that. I can't do that. There's a lot that happens when I'm preaching on a Sunday morning where I'll have a thought, and I'll, I'm, that's how I, I best work on my feet. I, I best I, I process out loud, and I think out loud. And so I, I'm... I'm regularly doing that where I am, even though prepared, I'm already prepared. I've got my outline like this. There's stuff that ends up in the sermon that wasn't there before. And most people are like that. Most preachers are like that. And so then we get to Sunday morning. I get up Saturday usually at 4. I'm getting up at 4 in the morning every single day during the week, except for Friday. I don't turn the alarm on. I usually wake up a little bit later than that. But then Saturday, I'm up early doing any kind of tweaking on the uh, on the outline, and then Sunday morning, the same sort of thing's happening. Anything that I need to add, anything I need to take away, and then I hit that print, and then I can do any kind of handwritten modifications that I need to on, on that Sunday morning, but that's what the week looks like, and then that happens every single week, and then there's going to be some weeks later this month, the end of this month, I'm going to be preaching three sermons on uh, Friday, Saturday, and then I'll be driving back and preaching a sermon on Sunday morning. I actually might have one of our elders preach for me that week because I'll be doing three on that weekend at a, uh, a collegiate ministry conference. I get to speak to some college students, and I'm looking forward to doing that. But that week will be a little bit different, and actually the two weeks before then, I'll be doing some preparation on those those sermons because I'll be having four sermons on that weekend that I'll be preparing for, and so I want to make sure and prepare in advance, have that all, all ready, uh, ready to go for that weekend. So that's what the preparation looks like. Uh, that's what the week of the preacher looks like. A whole lot of meetings with people, 
and a whole lot of prepping, and then also reading in between. I mean, the pastor is a reader. Leaders are readers, right? And if you're not reading, then you're, you're not doing something right. And so pastors want to be reading throughout the year as well. I typically try to, my goal is always one book a week, and only uh, one year. Last year was not a good reading year. I think I read like mid-30s books or something like that. And for me, I usually average in the 40s, almost to 50. The year before that, I was in like 56 books, I think. I did hit my goal that year. But... The pastor's also reading as well and continuing to pray or continue to grow and continuing to learn along the way. Okay, guys, I hope this has been helpful. Please hit like or <laughs> like. This isn't on Facebook. I don't put it on Facebook. Uh, please subscribe, share this, uh, leave a rating and review on iTunes if you've not done that yet. I'd be so appreciative of that. And then, please, I mean, feel free to leave comments. I would love to hear, you know, what your uh, preparation looks like from weekend to week out. And uh, it may be similar to mine, maybe different than mine. I know some people just try to cram it in there on the weekends, and I just can't do that. That's just uh, doesn't work best for me. I have to start on that Monday. Okay, guys, I hope you have a good rest of your week. I've got a great interview that's going to be coming out here soon with um, uh, with a couple guys. Uh, Nate Spearing is going to be coming out this Thursday. Uh, I'll be uh, I've already interviewed him. That will be coming out, and then I'll be releasing an episode I'm, that I'm recording today with Dr. Jeff Johnson. We're going to be talking about fatal flaw of infant baptism, his book, and we're also going to be talking about uh, his book. He died for me on the atonement. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, guys, talk to you soon.